Welcome to a special episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. On today's episode, I have a wonderful conversation with talent manager Chichi Anyanwu, finding herself unemployed because of the COVID-19 pandemic-related shutdowns. She decided not to leave the industry, as she thought she might at one point, but rather to build her own management company, Chi Talent Management, that'll focus on representing Broadway, film, and television artists. During her career, she has worked with actors, dancers, singers, and comedians who have been on Broadway and in national tours of Wicked, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and Jesus Christ Superstar, have been in a number of films and worked on television series like The Deuce, Fosse Verdon, Power, Gotham, Bull, Madam Secretary, The Code, Law and Order, and much, much more. In our chat, we talk about the differences between what an agent does and what a manager does, why she sometimes feels like a therapist when working with her clients, and also the fact that in addition to her work as a manager, she also works as a freelance diversity Thank audience consultant. Thank you so much for, for taking Broadway the time to do this today. I really appreciate theaters. it. No we will have a link exactly. to Chi Chi's talent management company in the show notes if you want to check that out. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Chi Chi Anyanwu. First off, congratulations on uh, the new agency. I'm sure that this is not necessarily how you anticipated uh, starting <laughs> yeah. your own agency, but uh, it's it's exciting nonetheless. Yeah. And then also just to clarify, it's, it's uh, management, talent management. Okay. what What is the difference between those things? Because I wouldn't know that there is a well, difference. Well, with agencies, actually, they're, they're franchised um, by the union, and then managers aren't. So technically agencies, um, agents are the only ones who are technically able to negotiate contracts legally. And then managers are, we're kind of more about advising and, and guiding our clients as opposed to the negotiations. Gotcha. Okay. So like agencies yeah. deal with more of the legal side of things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. And they also have more clients as well too. Yeah. Um, and the manager, we tend to keep our roster the bone smaller end. What is the advantage of keeping the, 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 the roster smaller for a manager? I think just so we have more time to develop our clients. I know with me personally, like I'm one of those managers, I like to work with more developmental talent, like people who maybe they're having trouble getting in for like TV film or, you know, just fresh out of grad school or fresh out of undergraduate and helping to develop their career. And it just takes a little bit more time in terms of like making sure people know what classes to take or know what headshots um, photographers to go to. So we're kind of, we just kind of do a lot of things that maybe the agent might not necessarily have the extra time to do. Um, cause we're very much about like that whole, like long-term trajectory of the person's career, as opposed to like the short-term, I guess, fast money jobs, you know? Yeah. Very cool. So I yeah. mentioned that this might not be the way that you intended to start your own, uh, company, but, uh, yeah. because of the, uh, the shutdowns and the pandemic and all the, the kind of the standstill of the entertainment industry, you were kind of out on your own looking to kind of start something new. And I, I know in one of the quotes of the press releases, I saw it said that you'd actually thought about just leaving, uh, but you decided to instead just kind of open up your own company. What was the impetus to kind of do that rather than leaving the the industry altogether? Well, yeah, I just kind of like, I, I went through a thing in terms of like, just trying to figure out what my, what the next step was. Even before the pandemic happened, I was actually looking for other jobs and I was getting really close to working at other management companies, but it always came down between me and someone else who may have had a little bit more experience or maybe worked at a, fa a fancier company. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of just tired of kind of always kind of, uh, you know, coming close to certain jobs and not getting it. And I kind of thought, you know, if this isn't working out and this pandemic is happening, who knows what the industry is going to look like. It doesn't even feel like it's 
a realistic job for me to be in, you know, 10, 15 years from now. Cause it's just very, you know, even sure. with how like theater's happening now, we don't know when theater's going to be, is it going to come back? So I was looking for just more stability. Um, so I was thinking about maybe going to school for like maybe arts management and working in like um, arts administration. Um, but I, it really honestly was like a lot of my clients are, you know, they're, they're people who I've, I've worked to nurture over the last couple of years and they really like encouraged me um, to start my own company along with, I have a sister that also works in the industry. She's an actress, she's a writer. And I just had a lot of people kind of cheering me on, just like, hey, you can do it, you know? So I really had a great support system, people who believed in me. And, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, you don't really know actually if you can do it until you actually try. So I was like, let me, you know, take a, a leap of faith and, and, and see if I can do it and step out on my own. That's got to be really encouraging when the people that you've yeah. worked with already uh, yeah. are the ones to kind of push you and say, yeah, not only can you do it, but I would hope in a lot of those cases, we want to be part of this journey with you. Exactly. Yeah. So when you are working with a client, you, you said you're kind of pointing them in the right direction. It sounds uh, that you're looking for people who are needing as much of a mentor as a manager and kind of guiding them to answer some questions that either their grad school program or their undergrad program or whatever website they looked at just doesn't answer the questions that they're looking for. What is that part of a manager's job like when you're, you know, kind of being, you know, a a business partner, so to speak, but also a mentor, a teacher, uh, I'm assuming a friend and a therapist at times as well, too. (laughs) I think I said someone else the other day too. I was like, "Oh, I, I feel like us as manager, we, we really are the, the therapist <laughs> of our clients, you know." Because even now, I have a couple of clients who just like they wanted ideas in terms of like survival jobs during this time, you know, because there's not a lot of places that are even hiring right now sure. in terms of um, people who are who are out of work. Um, so yeah, it, we it is like an extra, you know, extra handholding, I would say. And even my background, I, I've always before I worked in the, in the entertainment industry, I worked in like hospitality, so it is kind of almost like making sure that the clients are okay and making sure that they're, they're happy, they're satisfied. And like, how can I help basically in all aspects of their life, even outside of entertainment, whether it's, you know, you know, helping them find resources in terms of finding an apartment, you know? So we do a lot of this extra kind of like life coaching things too, that like other representation, more so agents might not necessarily have the time to do. Um, Cause really about how do we shape that, that person as a whole, um, because even with, with that said, if a, if a client is, you know, satisfied in their own personal life, I think that's gonna, they're going to be a better actor, right? So sometimes yeah. you do end up being therapists in terms of people having issues. Um, I think I even sent a list of, of therapists to one of my clients during this time. A lot of people are also now <laughs> looking for, for therapists yeah. during the, um, the quarantine and just, you know, finding people to talk to. Um, so, yeah, you know, I try to make sure I'm that, that resource guide. Um, I have a lot, a lot of clients now who are now working on writing. Um, since there is very oh, yeah. uh, little work in terms of acting. So um, this last week, I've just been reading a lot of scripts and giving clients feedback. A couple of clients are working on film projects, theater projects, pilots. Um, so I'll just take notes and give them uh, my feedback. And they've been doing a lot of Zoom readings. So I'm also there to you know help them outside of just their acting careers and seeing how I can help develop them as, as writers as well. That's fascinating. So I, I know that yeah. you also have experience in casting. How does that kind yeah. of inform your work as a manager to not only have been on that side of the table and understand what, you know, the whole process is, but also what kind of insights does that give you into or how to prepare your clients, especially the ones who are, 
you know, pardon the, the, the cliche, but fresh off the bus who might not really know what a legitimate New York or LA or whatever casting call will look like. Yeah. It just helps me get a better idea in terms of what casting is looking for. And also, you know, sometimes I also tell the clients is that, is that like, you know, their job is also to make our pitch easier, whether it's having a strong headshot, uh, whether it's making sure that the reel's up to date. Um, because a lot of times clients are coming out of school and no one's talking to them about like how to get together, how to put together an acting reel. Because they just think, oh, I book work and then I put together an acting reel. But no, we, there's a lot of great resources that you can also use to put together acting reels in terms of getting scenes yeah. and monologues together. Because I do know, um, especially right now, everything's being done on tape. Um, and they're also not seeing as much actors as they normally uh, would, ironically, uh, during this time, because there's going to be less people on set now. So now is even like a perfect time for, for mm. me to also let clients know, hey, casting managers are being specific as far as who they bring. Some people are actually casting from acting reels um, as opposed to general auditions now. Um, so just making sure that I have I, having that extra like casting insight also, you know, lets me to inform them like what they need to prepare um, for auditions and, you know, just the kind of resources they need to put together uh, for the cast directors. And even when I'm like submitting clients to like, I, it's almost like I'm casting too, because if they are looking, let's say for, let's say African-American twenties and, and specific, a specific type of background, I'm not going to necessarily submit all my African-American clients. I'm going to make sure that like, I know, Oh, this is like, they're looking for someone who let's say can do, I don't know, an African accent. Um, so I can't, you know, I'm, I'm being a lot more specific in terms of just, submitting that general pool. So as I'm submitting clients, I'm making sure that like, oh, what, what would the cast members cast, you know, as opposed to like it being more broad. Um, so I definitely think it does help having that like extra like casting eye as yeah. I'm submitting folks. Yeah, knowing not just uh, what's on the paper necessarily in the call, but actually maybe being able to go a level deeper into what the actual project is looking for a little bit more specifics is, uh, yeah. uh, I'm sure an advantage. Now you mentioned kind of how things have changed during, uh, the shutdowns and, and the pandemic and everything. Obviously your perspective on the business is a little different now that you are, are working you know, for yourself, but how is the interactions with the clients it changed? Are you obviously like you talked about, um, survival jobs, but I mean, is, is how you are approaching, the trajectory and the goals of working with individual clients different, or is it still kind of hustle as much as you can, even if the opportunities are a little bit more limited? Well, yeah, well, I'm actually letting people know that like, Hey, it's actually okay. If you want to like chill out and take a break, but of course, you know, there's definitely things that people could still be doing in terms of like people are doing zoom readings with their friends and, and, and reading plays and people are taking on camera classes virtually, which is great. We also told people like, this is a time in our life we're never going to get this 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 break um, from all these distractions in life again. So yeah. if you just want to like rest and chill out and go on vacation, like one of my clients, her family lives in Taiwan, so she's been in Taiwan for the last couple of months. I have another client that wow. he's from Spain, he's been in Spain. So I'm told I told everyone like you don't actually have to be in New York; you can be anywhere right now. And if you want to take a break, you know, just you know check your emails every now and then in case anything comes in. But there's no reason, honestly, to be to be in New York right now. And I also always encourage them to be with your be with your family if you can't, you know. Yeah, abs- absolutely. How do you yeah. how do you keep? I mean, obviously at this point there are certain things trickling in for TV and film, obviously, and and for the most part things are on hold for theater. But how do you 
you prepare to ramp up. Obviously, you've started this company during a lockdown. Eventually, knock on wood, we assume that things are going to at least start to get back to some semblance of normalcy. How do you prepare not only your clients, but yourself to get back into a much more um, busy and, and hectic way of doing things when eventually uh, businesses and shows start to reopen? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out. I feel like, honestly, I feel like I'm taking one day, taking it one day at a time. You know, I do know there will be a time uh, that will be busy again. But for now, you know, I'm just trying to get, I know on my end, I'm just trying to get everything organized in terms of making sure I have up-to-date information on clients, making sure I have up-to-date reels, and then always making sure I, I try to, I'm actually doing check-ins with all my clients to kind of like see how things are going, see what they're up, they've been up to during this time. But, you know, sometimes I feel like you're kind of never prepared for how, <laughs> how busy things can get. Um, I just uh, hired two uh, unpaid interns. Uh, so that's I also going to help me in terms of having a support system um, as it gets busy as well. Um, but yeah, it's just, I definitely think it's just important to just, you know, see what happens and just make sure everyone has the most up-to-date materials and everyone's also just ready too. Cause I, I do know a few, a few clients, we have, we had a few auditions coming in and a couple of them talked about like not really having a lot of motivation in terms of, uh, preparing. <laughs> and, and I have to also now motivate them again. Cause I think they've, they were used to not really nothing happening for the last couple of months. And now like a couple of things are coming in, but Oh, now I have to shave and now I have to get a haircut and I got, you know, so um, I think now people are now starting to get back, get back in action and, and get certain things together now. It is starting to feel like it's coming back a little bit, at least in TV and film. Yeah. Well, and I, and I would imagine yeah. this is probably both the best time and maybe the worst time for you to kind of start your own company as well, because obviously, like we said, things aren't as hectic. So you can take your time to thoughtfully put everything together and how you want to run things. Yeah. But also as you're starting to work with clients, that might be hard to kind of uh, encourage people to uh, be as active and and interested in in management uh, like they would be in uh, you know in the before times, so to speak. Yeah, I will say the thing that I'm noticing now in terms of because um, even with me, like uh, it does seem even with casting, reaching out to casting directors and reaching out to other agencies, there does seem like people are a little more open to to taking general meetings, which is really good. Um, cause I do know that this is the industry that I also, the same way that I want my clients to also like network and meet new people and expand their circles. I'm also doing that as well. So that's kind of also what I'm doing in the meantime, you know, while it's still kind of slow, I'm just getting to know more people in the industry and, and, and take more meetings with new, new people that I want to eventually collaborate and work with in some way. Very cool. Well, I know another thing that you do in addition to management is that you serve as a uh, diversity audience consultant for theaters. And that fascinates me, not only because of everything that we've gone through over the past few months, but as we move forward and talk about the industry kind of reckoning with the lack of representation that we've had both on stage and in the on, on creative teams. What does that work like? What If you're called in to work on a certain project, what does a diversity audience consultant do in terms of working with the theater or the producer's management and then also with the creative team? What does that kind of consist of? Um, well, just just tell you, it first started, I had saw um, Pipeline at Lincoln Center by Dominique Marceau, mm -hmm. and they had a thing. She basically hosted a thing called Black Theater Night. And I remember going to the theater, I'm like, oh, this is the most diverse theater 
I've ever seen a, in a long time in terms <laughs> of the audience. Yeah. So sometimes we'll go into shows, especially when it's, you know, by a playwright of color. And, you know, I'm one of few um, minorities that are in the, the audience. Um, so from that experience, you know, I talked to a few other friends at different theaters and talked about how, like, well, how can we work to increase diversity within the audience? Because it's, it's kind of sad when you're, you're walking to a show about a specific type of culture and that culture isn't even the audience. Um, so, it, you know, I worked with, um, I think I first worked with the Atlantic Theater Company. They're doing one of my sister uh, and Gozi's play. She had a play called The Homecoming Queen. And they really wanted to make sure they got, like, the African community to come out because it's a very specific show show about um, Nigerian immigrants mm-hmm. um, in America. Um, so they hired me to basically um, get more first-generation folks in the audience. And it basically was me reaching out to different groups around New York outside of the arts and just kind of making a list. And then and, and I went to, there's a, there a big Nigerian parade that happens every year in New York because there's also a Nigerian embassy in New York. So I made sure I reached out to people at the Nigerian embassy um, we had a table, like we really created a list of uh, the huge Nigerian community that exists in New York. And we got a lot of people to go see the show. And from there, I also worked with different theater companies, like the Vineyard Theater Company. I worked with the public. Um, I worked with um, Playwrights Horizons um, because they also really wanted to make sure they had diverse audiences. And I also created this mailing list of like, I think it has like 3,000 names right now. Um, and that anytime I have an event, I'll just do a blast in my email list. Um, I also have a group called the um, NYC Black Theater Network, which has about 18,000 people um, that are part of it on Facebook. So anytime anything Black wow. Theater is happening, we post to the group. Um, so I think I think now people are now, luckily they're catching on to it. Like it's been great what I've been able to do, but I, I'm now thinking that more organizations are going to make a point to have someone who's actually like, hopefully a salaried person. So that's their job to really inc- increase that diversity initiative. Cause I feel like that there should be someone definitely at every single theater doing that. You know, I was hired more as a consultant, um, but it's definitely something that I think that should be done not only for black shows, not only for Asian shows, but even shows in general. I'm someone who sees all kinds of theater, you know? So as long as you reach out to the community, they're going to come out. Um, so I, I definitely, it's, it's, it's good to kind of be part of that too, but I am hoping that like, they're going to expand on that and there'll be someone there that's on their staff doing that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I see it, it for very different reasons, obviously, but semi analogous yeah. to the discussions around having like intimacy coordinators. It's something that has been yeah. so overlooked for so long that when people start actually investing the time and the thought and the effort to doing it properly, you see these incredible results, whether it's, you know, in the, accuracy and the comfortability of the actors with an intimacy coordinator or with the the audience consultants bringing in folks who not only just might never come to theater you know before because it's not something that they do but also those are audiences that have such more of a personal connection to the stories being told it, it can only increase and improve the the product when people actually realize oh hey we don't have to do this the exact same way we've done it for decades and generations before Exactly. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk about this. The last thing that I wanted to ask is for somebody who is looking for management, what would be your advice on somebody trying to find the person who is the right fit for not only them as a person, but for their career, um, whether it's in a pandemic or not, but making sure that they have somebody that they can work with 
not just to get jobs, but like you said, to kind of make sure that they are in the best situation, both personally and professionally, to do the work and to get the work when that work actually returns. Yeah, I definitely think it's, you know, I definitely think a manager is not necessarily for everyone, but for someone who does want that extra attention and wants someone who can also like help develop their career, I, you know, I highly recommend um, getting a manager, but just making sure that it's a manager that also probably has, you know, hopefully has a smaller roster. So they're more accessible and they can give you that, that extra time and attention that you may need. Um, And to also not be afraid of also reaching out. Like I've talked to a lot of actors and they get, I don't know, I'm so surprised that they get nervous about reaching out to certain people. And I personally think this is actually, even though there's not a lot happening, but I do think it's kind of perfect time to see if, you know, you can reach out and and do general meetings and reach out to folks that you think that might be a right fit. Um, But I definitely think, you know, in terms of like approaching the manager in the right way, you know, making sure that you, you have, of course, the headshot and resume, but also an acting reel, which will give the manager an idea of, of the, kind of, the kind of work that you're putting out there. Um, because I do notice with, when some people submit, they don't have acting roles. So it is hard to, for me as a representative to make a decision when yeah. I haven't seen their work before. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, just to you know, make sure that it's the right fit personality-wise. I definitely, I'm a, a fan of every person that I have in my roster, um, not only of their talent, but also as human beings. So I also think it's important that you know, if you're looking for someone that personality-wise that you can also partner up with. Um, because I do think it is a partnership, you know, it should be someone that you feel like is your biggest fan, your biggest cheerleader, um, and not only be about, oh, well, that person can get me to a room, but I do think it's, it is also important to make sure you, it's someone that you can collaborate with. I think it's definitely key to to having a good partnership with a manager. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much for explaining so much of all of this to me, because obviously I didn't know what, what I was talking about beforehand. So yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you explaining the differences and uh, congratulations yeah. on uh, uh, on the new company. And I wish you the best. And hopefully this time will be a good ramp up to uh, when things get back to normal and you'll have everything ready to rock and roll when uh, things start to open up. <laughs> Crossing fingers. Cool. Thank you yeah. so much, Matt. Yeah, we'll hopefully talk to you soon. <laughs> 